0: police did show great restraint. I mean, we were all glued to our TV sets, just wondering what was happening in Ottawa. Senator Page, Just supplementary. So you would share the concern that many of us, that uh, regardless of which, uh, which party formed the government, there would be concern about uh, not using this against individuals uh, in, in a, a way that would actually reinforce stereotypes and discriminatory attitudes. Yes, I would. Thank you.
1: Senator Usakos.
0: Yes, Senator.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't think I misrepresented at all. Uh, I think Senator Pate and I are on the same page, and I just want to clarify what you're saying, uh, Senator Tulajan is what I. I believe I hear from you is that any group of protesters in this country, environmentalists, indigenous groups, Black Lives Matter, uh, people that are anti-mandates, that they have that fundamental right to do it as without the threat of this draconian uh, hammer being dropped in the future. And what I'm trying to get across is this dangerous precedent, something that future governments that have a problem with the agenda of certain minority groups or have a problem with groups that
3: just don't fit their political agenda, would this set set a precedent that is very dangerous vis-a-vis all groups.
0: Literal too, literal. Uh, Senator I, I would agree with you uh, it does set a dangerous precedence I mean I'm all for demonstration like I said we need to have peaceful protest we need to have uh, give the Canadians the ability to let us know how they feel like uh, Senator Batters mentioned yesterday the Ukrainian community is very very concerned and I know that in Toronto they were out there you know expressing their concern they were out there protesting but yet in uh, you know the federal capital the seat of the government, they cannot come. So I, I, I hear you, but it's always, as a human rights person, I support peaceful protest, not, not anyone feeling threatened, not anyone feeling uh, that they don't have the ability to perform their duties or go to work. I, like, we did see, I mean, there were instances where, um, and, and I know some young girls in scarf had to be accompanied. It was one of our own MPs, um, you know, brought that issue up. So, we were seeing that. So, I think it's better to look at the reality of what was happening. And we wish it didn't happen. We wish it had hand, we handled better. But we have a prime minister who was missing. We, we, we didn't hear anything from the government. And I, I fended calls from irate liberals uh, supporters who said, where's our prime minister? So, you know, the peaceful protest, I'm all for it.
4: Here.
0: Resuming debate, en débat, Audette. Senator Odette.
5: Senator Odette. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Dear colleagues, first, I would like to thank the Wendat Nations, the Inuit, the Wolastiquet at for welcoming me on their land here in Quebec. I'm rising for the first time before you, but this is not my inaugural speech. I will be offering it shortly in response to the speech from the throne. The stakes seem too high at this point, and they compel me to share my thoughts and observations as a person, but as a senator from Quebec. I would like to share my feelings and my observations that lead to more questions. As you know, I supported the statement of the Caucus of Black Parliamentarians in relation to the protests that took place in Ottawa on unceded Anishinaabeg territory. I also joined the voices of Indigenous senators on these same events. I would also like to remind you that the Federation of Sovereign Indigenous Nations of Saskatchewan, the Algonquin of Pequotnagin, The Algonquin Anishinaabeg Nation Tribal Council and the Anishinaabeg Nation of Kitigan-Zibi have also expressed their concern over the violation of the First Nations protocols, the appropriation and misuse of traditional sacred objects and ceremonies. These are precious and sacred. I continue to support and stand behind these statements I firmly uphold the right of everyone to demonstrate peacefully. Here's why. Peaceful demonstration is part of my own past. I participated through Past Activated, and I'd like to talk to some of them. Idle No More, the America Summit, the Wendake Amun March in Ottawa, and many times on the Parliament Hill, many times on the grounds of the Assemblée Nationale and in front of the Supreme Court in order to decry injustices faced by Indigenous women. On a few occasions, I've heard us refer to Indigenous protests and we associate firearms to these, but I would like to reassure you the only tool that i brought to these protests was my voice and my point of view that being said i cannot support hate intolerance the appropriate uh, the use of hate symbols or violence in any form in the last few weeks as many have said it my i hurt for canada canada is trying to eliminate racism through its institutions, through many institutions. My question that has been raised many times in the past few weeks is that if the protesters were black, indigenous or other uh, uh, cultural groups, how would they have been met? How would this protest have lasted like this? And my answer is simple they would not have been tolerated and this would not have lasted. The tolerance of protesters that are indigenous or black is lower. And we have proof of this. Police interventions and other measures like injunctions happened must much faster when racialized indigenous or vulnerable people are protesting. As mentioned, In in an article by Audrey Zipti, associate professor of history at Carleton University, in 2016, on the very first day of a peaceful protest in Toronto, Black Lives Movement participants were beaten and gassed by police. The same person, and I quote, says, In 2020, in Ottawa, A protest at a key intersection advocating for Black and Indigenous lives resulted in 12 people being charged and the protests being called off in three days. Now on to Emily Nicola from Le Devoir. He says, while racialized pa- parents are being reported to child protection services for nothing, dozens of children have been in Ottawa at the convoy for several weeks in questionable conditions. And I will add personally, no one lifted a finger. Emily Nicola continues to say, continues to remind us of the homeless encampments that police have aggressively raised, citing the risk of fire. While there are countless Indigenous leaders who have been under tight police surveillance, the authorities are so unconcerned about the dangers posed by the far right that we were surprised by the occupation and sedition intentions that were clearly stated online of several of the convoys' organizers." End quote. I would also like to use today's platform, I could use today's platform to inflame the political discourse, but I won't do that. I will only express that certain par- parliamentarians unfortunately speak out of both sides of their mouths. A double standard in the face of blockades held by indigenous people and those who stormed Parliament Hill. An ethnologist that I respect very much, Isabel Picard, who is Wendat, also wrote in an article recently She said, and I quote, two years ago to the day, all the news was focused on the Wet'suwet'en and what the media had called at best the railway crisis, at worst, the indigenous crisis. Because this crisis was far from being entirely indigenous, the people on the tracks were from all over. The people arrested were indeed indigenous, unfortunately, almost all of them at least in the traditional territory of the Wet'suwet'en. 28 people had been arrested by the RCMP after a coastal gas link injunction obtained uh, obtained by this company for a major gas pipeline that was run through the Wet'suwet'en territory. Since those pre covid events, negotiations have been mired in a status quo. On the board, about 50 more arrests, almost all of them indigenous people, women and elders in the mix. 10 days ago, a complaint was filed at the UN by opponents of the pipeline for violation of several articles on the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Picard added that there are many differences between the events in Ottawa and those in British Columbia. One group burned thousands of liters of oil to make their point, while the others wanted to stop the oil from flowing onto their land. Some speak of freedom because they know it too well, and others can only hope for it because they no longer know it. Both sides, more if you count regional duplicates, however, are willing to stay put for as long as it takes to defend their beliefs. End quote. The evident herds and inquiries, including the National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls, clearly demonstrates the abuses of First Nations, Métis, and Inuit human rights committed and condoned by the Canadian state. These abuses continue to perpetuate, perpetuate an environment where trivialized violence is allowed to fester and perpetrators act with impunity. Our trust in the institutions is almost non-existent. But we continue to hope for this trust. I continue to hope for it. However, faced with such events, in light of the clemency of these same institutions, one can not be surprised or even offended by our reaction, our questioning, our amazement. So I find myself standing here bewildered. Why is there no mention of racism and the use of hateful symbols in the text of the proclamation of a public order emergency? Why are the tools and measures not applied in the same way to all? Certainly, it is important to make sure that everyone has the right to live safely and peacefully And the people of Ottawa have their city back but we can't ignore the threats that still exist in Ottawa and across the country. How can we ensure that the daily lives of the silent majority are no longer impeded in this way? But more importantly, how can we allow small groups to undermine and weaken our democracy? I have another concern. Using the Emergencies Act, can using the Emergency Measures Act f- justify restricting the right to legitimate protests? I hope not. So I urge my colleagues to ensure that that any, that a First Nations, Métis, or Inuit senior, senator and a senator from the Caucus of Black Parliamentarians be part of the Parliamentary Review Committee, or any other measure that is to be deployed to review the government's action under the Act. This is important to me. We need to bring a different perspective and a diverse perspective to this. The same principle should apply as to who should conduct the inquiry and report to each House of the Parliament within 360 days of the end or revocation of the state of emergency. It's important here again to have a Métis, Inuit or First Nations lens. As said Isabel Picard, let's come back to love and peace. Let's not, it does not seem to be our biggest problem. But to speak of love, we must also speak of hate and war. And to speak of freedom, we have to speak of certitude and slave, servitude and slavery. And in my heart, I care for social justice and equality. And I dream of an, of a society that is equal, where everyone has their space, where their cultures and their languages and histories are respected. I think debate is important. And I am here to listen, and I will take position soon. Thank you. On debate, Senator Wallen.
6: Colleagues, the question we are being asked to consider is this. Did the events here in Ottawa over the last three weeks meet the threshold for this extraordinary imposition of the Emergencies Measures Act? And today, this question remains, why is it still in place? The emergency has been met, the blockade is gone, and surely the authorities will not be caught so flat-footed ever again. So the threat that protesters may come back in force seems unlikely, Intelligence operatives and police have surveillance and investigations underway to deal with crimes in the making, plots, or new actions. They had those powers before the invocation of the Emergencies Act. In a letter sent to parliamentarians from the Advocates for the Rule of Law, a nonpartisan think tank, they argued the following. The failure of the government and police to enforce existing laws and court orders is not a sound basis to expand state power with the declaration of a public order emergency, when no such emergency has been proven to exist. One rule of law failure should not beget another. The letter goes on to state, it risks a gradual erosion of Parliament's role in favour of executive power, and it amounts to a damning admission of failure of state capacity. If Canada is to remain a functional and free democracy, then it must be able to solve problems using existing laws and established institutions, and without resorting to the most extreme measures except when absolutely necessary. So I think we can all agree on both the importance of the rule of law in Canada and the objectivity of the courts, which together form the foundation of a just society. The Emergency Act asks Canadians to forfeit this most basic tenet of our democracy. In fact, what we actually witnessed was a colossal failure of leadership at all levels. I think it's fair to say that the convoy protest became an encampment due to the failure of planning and the inability to react. There was not a single barricade. Protesters were actually directed to Wellington Street, the main access to Parliament. There were existing laws to move trucks or do something about horns or diesel fumes or clogged streets, but those laws were not employed. And so it's difficult to accept now that bad decisions and inaction justifies using an act reserved for the most dire national security crisis. This act is meant to be used, well, never. And here is why. Its application is a judgment call, and judgments are political by definition when the government of the day substitutes itself for parliament or the objectivity of the courts. The Act comes first, then permission is sought. Invoking the Emergencies Act in this context has made the law a subject of partisan contention. And when the Prime Minister made this, for all intents and purposes, a vote of confidence in his government, well, it only further illustrates the problem. This is at the core of why emergency legislation is so risky and so dangerous. The ability in a free and democratic society to protest requires the blind application of the law. The Prime Minister deems some protests in Canada to be acts of democracy, even participates in some. No action was taken against church burnings or topplers of statues. That was called understandable. But the Prime Minister declared the trucker protests here in Ottawa, the protesters, to be racist, white supremacists, misogynists, people he didn't like and would never talk to. But does being frustrated, angry, or critical of government actually make you an enemy? And so the issue is who should decide what is lawful advocacy and what is an illegal protest or occupation? Who is to decide to whom laws apply or whose actions can trigger the invocation of the Emergency Act? That is why we have the rule of law and the obligation to make your case for extra powers to a court and not leave it to the judgment call of the government of the day. So why the Emergencies Act now? We did not see it invoked at the G10 or OCA or when Parliament was attacked in 2014. We did not even see it at 9-11. I lived in New York then and witnessed the fear and genuine crisis that unfolded. And even during those extraordinary times, there were fierce debates over what was called a ticking time bomb situation. How far can and should you go to fight terrorism? The argument was, for example, can you waterboard someone to get information to defuse the ticking bomb? History teaches us that too often actions taken in the heat of the moment, even in the face of actual terrorism, proved to be ill-considered and were rejected once they became known. But that was months, even years after the fact. One issue today that I find particularly troubling here is the foreign involvement and financing being used as a justification. Foreign money has been flowing into this country for years to support or oppose a variety of political causes and issues. Stop a pipeline, save a whale, or support a truck convoy. So why is it okay for some causes to be funded by foreign supporters but not others? The Finance Minister stated that new Fintrack rules expanded under the new Act will allow for greater financial reporting obligations of crowdfunding sites and cryptocurrency platforms and will be made permanent with legislation. I agree Fintrack, as it stands, lacks the necessary teeth needed to track the finances of criminals or extremist groups. But to use this as an opportunity to test out new laws is deeply unparliamentary and takes advantage of this situation to advance policy, perhaps even political goals. If you want FinTrack 3.0, then percent it, defend it, and vote on it. Again, we see the extraordinary powers before a parliamentary vote. If you disagree with the government, can you be excluded from economic activity in this country? Can your finances be frozen or essentially sealed? The remedies for those who have been unfairly targeted require resources because banks and financial institutions have been given immunity from liability under this new act. So appealing to your bank or the police or the courts is probably not going to resolve the matter. And it is costly. And if your resources are frozen, then it's not even an option. So many are caught in this Catch-22. Of course, no one wants our way of life, our democratic rights and freedoms, or our system of government put at risk. So what other options are there other than the imposition of a draconian law? We saw in Coutts and Emerson, Emerson and in, at Windsor's Ambassador Bridge talking, and more importantly, listening, brought blockades and protests to an end. Criminals were charged and arrested. The weapons cache was seized under existing laws. But that did not happen here in Ottawa. Why? Well, as emergency prepared preparedness minister bill blair said we cannot leave anyone with the impression that our democracy is negotiable or subject to efforts of appeasement the discussions in coots and emerson and windsor did not erode trust in public institutions or put our democracy at risk talking helped listening helped and it could have been an opportunity to turn the temperature way down calm the fears and bridge the differences here in ottawa too Colleagues, I come from a part of the country where it's normal to wear camo, drive a semi for a living, bring your kids to events because you don't have a nanny, or be skeptical of almost any government intervention in your daily life, mandates included. Many truckers have been working all through the pandemic, delivering things we needed or simply wanted. They had no place to eat, and were left to use the side of the road. These were folks at the heart of the convoy, not the opportunistic agitators that rose to prominence, commandeered the headlines, and in the process became the justification for this bill. Ultimately, this debate is a litmus test. The result will reflect your own experience, your own beliefs, your own world view, Sitting with colleagues in a restaurant the other night when the House vote was announced, wild cheers broke out. It felt more like a victory whoop at a sporting event than the realization that our country had just made a profound and very risky decision. Democracy is messy. Free speech is about tolerating speech you disagree with so that you, in turn, are free to say what you believe. Every day we tolerate risks and inconvenience and discomfort to participate in and protect our democracy. It's part of the price of upholding our rights and liberties. Emergency powers cannot and must not be normalized, especially at a time when more and more Canadians are losing faith in our institutions. The defenders of this bill say trust the government They will not go too far, just trust them. Well, just watch me gave me no comfort, and just trust me gives me less still. The political fallout from the War Measures Act haunts us still. It has shaped and distorted politics for half a century. It had consequences nobody could have predicted. I fear the same may happen. That today, those who are rounded up may go silent, but not away. That those who have been targeted, disparaged, or have their livelihoods threatened will disengage from our civic life. I fear that others will decide that separatism is the only answer. We have seen the precedents. When people lose faith and trust in our national institution, the ties that bind fray. Canada itself is an act of faith. Our east-west configuration is daily challenged by the north-south pull of common geography, shared interests, and trade. If we ignore the reality of political difference, if we pretend smugly that somehow partisan division is an American phenomenon and foreign players are to blame, that is to deny the very basis of our democracy. Opposing the government of the day is democracy. It's how it works. It's why we have elections. It's why we have debates and votes here and in the other place. It's the very basis of our parliamentary democracy. To silence criticism or dissent through extraordinary laws is the very action we would decry and denounce everywhere else in the world, and that is why I will vote against this act. Thank you, colleagues.
1: Resuming debate, Senator Bussen. Senator Bussen. Honorable Senators, chers Senator. Senator. Bussin? Arise today. May, I, uh, we have only five minutes left until the noon break. For. Okay. For, okay. So then we'll pause and, and you can resume. Thank you very much, Madam Speaker. Honourable Senators, chers senator. I rise today to speak in favour of the Emergencies Act. Our capital and the entire country by association have been taken hostage and continues to be at risk. Early last week, it had, been, it had unfortunately become clear that the usual police procedures of the municipal police force had been overwhelmed, as their chief had put it. The blame game is for another day, but we now must step up to the plate. Last Friday, the full force of the state, enabled by the Emergencies Act, began the process to end this occupation of our capital, and we are now debating essentially whether we should sanction it. We, as the the Chamber of Sober Second Thought, are called upon to act, not for our own political beliefs or philosophies, but for the greater good. Like the pandemic itself, this is one of those times when we must act decisively, not in a partisan way, in order to support our democracy and those who put themselves in harm's way to defend it for us. This is not over, as some of us have suggested. I implore you to consider the message we would send if, at this moment in history, we Take advantage of the freedom that was won back for us this weekend and yet vote no for this matter, disagreeing with the act coming into force in the first place. Again, this is not over. Those who coach the occupation of our nation's capital and the attendant roadblocks across Canada will be emboldened if we, dear colleagues, do not support our national institutions, its police officers and the rule of law. I will repeat again, this is not over. I'm so proud of the police officers from across the country. In the past days, they employed textbook professional policing techniques, using their powers in a measured way, no tear gas, no rioting, no looting, and no loss of life. The Emergencies Act continues to enable the police to react with strength and to ensure our democracy is reestablished. If we vote no, the wrong message will be sent. Contrary to suggestions made today that we can just invoke it again if we get this wrong, are untenable. We never want to invoke this again. Truckers and their supporters gathered in Ottawa on or about January 29th to rally against mask mandates, lockdowns, restrictions on gatherings, and other COVID-19 preventative measures. These peaceful protesters comprised of of Canadian citizens exercising the right to demonstrate soon found their cause co-opted by a much darker element in our society. Call them what you will, but know that they stand for the overthrow of our government and the dissolution of our democracy. Canada prides itself on embracing and supporting human rights enshrined in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Our Charter describes our rights and what we can expect and demand in our civil society, but also suggests that with this, a corresponding contract exists to respect the rights of others as well. Freedom is a two way street, balanced to ensure that the rights of of one do not infringe on the rights of another. We depend on this balance to live our life together with respect. One of these rights is the right to speak against the government and to oppose any law we disagree with. However, and disturbingly, there has been a wave of ultra-right groups who have taken the trucker-inspired protest against mask mandates and morphed it into a movement that is not only disruptive to the rights of the citizens of Ottawa, but also has brazenly ignored the rule of law and created an environment and hatred for those who live and work in our nation's capital. Spin-off protests have occurred and are still occurring around The country, as well as at border crossings and airports. Hardcore members of these groups thwarted requests and negotiations to have them leave, and they locked down, thumbing their noses not just at the police, but at the rights of each and every one of us to be safe and secure. Those in Ottawa were the hardest hit, but the entire country has felt the sting of this lawlessness and disrespect as we watch the nation's capital be turned into an amusement park for anarchists. Make no mistake. Their, mesh, their mission remains dismantling of our government and replacing it with our Warning. Censorship.
6: Warning. Censorship. Warning. Censorship.
2: <clears throat> Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Rebel News Daily Livestream. My name is Dakota Christensen, and I am joined today by the one and only Ian Miles Chong. How are you doing, Ian? I'm doing great, and that last broadcast was infuriating. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, the Canadian Senate is debating the Emergencies Act, the use of the Emergencies Act. Uh, it already passed in the in the... Oh, I'm blanking. House of, Commons. House of Commons in the Canadian legislature <laughs> there. Now that's moved over to the Senate. They're debating it. Yeah, that last senator who was speaking. Infuriating yeah. indeed. Yeah, they're. Uh... So, I mean, that's I going on it for it. a couple of days now, I think, until they actually like they're slowly putting in their votes and eventually they'll come through. So I think we know yeah. what will happen, though.
7: Yeah. NDP will vote for Trudeau because they always do. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, that'll be fun living
2: under a constant state of emergency here in Canada under Dick. It's indefinite, isn't it? Seems to be, you know, it's it's Mm -hmm. we're just sitting back watching this unfold. But hey, ho.
7: But yeah. hey, you know, there's a real crisis going on in Ukraine. Have you heard of that one? Oh, let's uh, focus on that one instead as a real authoritarian. Yeah. Uh, here his name is Putin. You know, he's uh, clamping down on freedom. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I'd love to get your
2: thoughts on all of that that's going on with Russia and Ukraine because there's so much yep. hype about it right now. I had a couple of friends message me last night saying, well, I guess we're screwed. Looks like Russia's starting World War III. And I'm like, mm, are you sure about mm. that? So uh, I don't think so. I, I'd love to break down what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. Ukraine, because yeah, like we're saying, there's so much hype about that right now in the media, and yep. then uh, also talk about the problems that that seems to be distracting from here, at least where I am in North America. For you, because you're in Malaysia, mm-hmm. right? So it's what i
7: am in mid- Malaysia, yeah. It's like
2: midnight for it's you, right? Midnight. Now? <laughs> nice. It's one a.m. It's literally one a.m. here. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, you know what? You're. Uh, I actually have no idea what your sleep schedule is like because we're always working together. <laughs> I don't at, either. Like every hour, either. and you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah. always a mystery, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I mean, let's uh, let's jump right into our, our first story we have pulling up here, which I believe is on Russia, Ukraine. Biden yesterday announced sanctions. So you just, uh, I don't think we might even be pulling up one of your stories here that you just wrote on this. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I mean, for, for someone who has absolutely no idea what's going on in terms of Russia, Ukraine, like, like, can you just give us a breakdown as far as, you know, what's the big deal? Why is there so much hype about this? Like, you know, okay. why is this everywhere?
7: Well, there's a lot of hype about it because Biden and Trudeau and Boris Johnson and pretty much all the world leaders have a lot to deal with at home. And what's better than a foreign crisis to focus on? Right. They can say, hey, everybody, look at Putin. Look at what he's doing over there. Don't pay any attention with our you know, terrible economy and uh, skyrocketing prices. You know, pay no attention to that pay attention to what's over there in Ukraine, because you've got to protect a democracy. Well, first of all, uh, I wouldn't call Ukraine a democracy. You know, they jail opposition politicians. They shut down uh, news stations that, um, you know, that are critical to the president. So they're not really democracy. But uh, Russia's interests in Ukraine have been, you know, something that's been building up for for several years now, right? Since probably 2014, when uh, the two separatist republics, uh, Donetsk and uh, Luhansk, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing them right, Mm. uh, announced that they were going to separate from ukraine they're eastern ukraine uh, most of the people living there are russians and uh, you know to my knowledge no one's really spoken to the people down there to see what they think you know a lot of people will uh, and myself included you know obviously support the um, hong kong protesters who wanted autonomy from china you know and uh, interestingly enough uh, nobody seems to care what the locals in in, in these areas seem to think you know, or what they want from ukraine right they want to mm-hmm. be out of ukraine so uh that uh Putin is using that as a sort of a premise to stage peacekeeping operations. That's what he calls them, right? Uh, you yeah. know you can call it what you will, but he basically means that he's putting military forces in eastern Ukraine. I don't think personally, I don't think he's going to invade Kiev. I might be wrong. I hope that I'm not wrong because you know that would lead to all out war um, and America, you know like Biden is getting all of these uh you know, he's getting advice from his people to put up a, uh, a, a no-fly zone in Ukraine, in eastern Ukraine, which would, you know, mean shooting down um, Russian Air Force units and, uh, you know, Russian airplanes and blowing up their air defense units. And uh, that would lead to a hot war. We don't want to see that. But a lot of people are gunning for it for, you know, a variety of reasons. Some people just want to have a distraction. Some people are armchair generals who think that Putin is like, you know, the second coming of Hitler. He's not, but that's what they think. And then, of course, there's a lot of money to be made, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. it's like, it's yeah, The very basics of this is essentially Putin recognizes the independence of these two separate states within Ukraine, and he's sending in yeah. his forces to act as peacekeeper, as he calls it. I mean, what's your, mm-hmm. what's your personal take? Because I know some people are saying, you know what, Putin just wants to take over the world right now. Like, what do you think is, is going on from his side? Like, What do
7: you think his goal is in all of this? Well, I think that he has the mandate of the people. You know, the people living in Russia, they want him to do what he's doing. So, you know, he's enacting his will or the will of the Russians, I should say, which is to unite these two, uh, you know, provinces with Russia. Because, I mean, if you look back at history, and, you know, I don't want to go through a whole historical lesson here, but, you know, after the fall of the Soviet Union in 1991, um, some of these uh, areas, especially uh, Eastern Ukraine, were sort of like given to Ukraine, right? Uh, They were made part of Ukraine, even though they never really identified as Ukrainian, they were more Russian than Ukrainian. And so, you know, as a result of that, you know, over the past decade or so they've been trying to break away from that and and that's i think that's what they want that they only want those two territories they but obviously you know there's a lot of uh, money involved and there's a lot of uh you know uh local dealings of you know the it's it's complicated right it's very complicated yeah but people make it seem like it's easy like it's just oh you know like he's a dictator he wants to take over the world i mean well Mm -hmm. that's not true he could have invaded years ago if he wanted to why didn't he do that you know he could have done that under obama he didn't do that he only took crimea which by the way had a referendum that they all voted to join russia but even since then ukraine does not recognize the sovereignty of crimea it doesn't think that they had any right to secede so you know it's it's a very complicated issue obviously Depending on who you talk to, they're going to say that well, the people living there are obviously Ukrainian and they want to belong to Ukraine. When you know you point out to the referendum, they'll say that it's uh, it's fake, right? Mm-hmm. That Putin staged the whole thing. But me personally, I think that you know the people living there speak Russian; they consider themselves Russian. I mean, they might as well just be Russian, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, my question is like, do you see this spilling over to anything further? Because I know a lot of people are thinking, you know what, like this is. This is big. This could blow up into something huge and like this is just the first step. This is, you know, you know, Hitler invading Austria right now. Putin's <laughs> coming for the rest of us. Do you think that is something in the books right now where Putin is going to try to f- so. push further? No. Okay. I, I don't think so. No. No. Yeah. Cuz yeah, I, I just wanted to, you know, get that take there because I, I do know people who have been saying, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what? This is just the first step. Something bigger is coming. But it seems to me like a lot of We've this What army?
7: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like, it just America seems- is Outclass outclasses the Russian army by far. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the, the Russian army is powerful. It is, you know, it is designed to take on the American army, but make no mistake, America is still number one when it comes to military power. There is just no competition here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like, because like, we were talking about how there's so much
2: hype about this, I, again, it does seem like such a distraction right now with yep. Biden making such a show of this because he himself is polling, is dropping so low. He has a crisis on his hands as far as what's mm-hmm. going on in the States right now. We have you know the US trucker convoy coming for Washington right yep. now. Seems like there's a right. whole distraction to push that way. So actually, I'd love to talk about that right now because that is another okay. kind of big thing in our headline. There's this because we have the convoy, the Canadian convoy that went to Ottawa. We had a massive Mm -hmm. show of force from Canadian police, from all sorts of different departments in the capital this past weekend to basically take all the trucks out of there, shut this down, remove all the protesters. And there's this full on police state going on in Canada's capital. So that was the deal with the Canadian convoy essentially over. And now they're continuing debates and votes on the emergency powers. But for the states now, American truckers are coming in with their own convoy. And I think uh, we have a clip here that good old producer A.D. was telling me about from the leader or the organizer of this convoy. I think mm-hmm. we wanted to show that. We good to run with yeah. that. That's on, that looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't seen this. So apparently there's something here uh, I need to be reacting to. So I, uh, I'm the United looking States forward of to America.
4: this.
8: My name is Kyle Sepchik of the Freedom Convoy USA 2022 and our routes meet here in DC on March 1st in time for your State of the Union address. We are very organized and our routes are public. I even pulled a permit for the National Mall to be respectful. I just wanna be as transparent as possible from the start so there's no confusion. We are coming peacefully and we're gonna do this lawfully and constitutionally. I want the rest of the world to know our plans so that there's no twisting and lying about who and what we are. I'm coming to you as a father, a small business owner who's unaffiliated to any parties. We just want government overreach to end. On behalf of Freedom Convoy USA 2022, we are asking you to end the state of emergency. End the mandates once and for all. Sir, the world is watching us because they know that if what's happening in Canada happens to us here in the land of the free, then freedom as we know it is gone. So we are leaving the choice to you. The decision is in your hands. This whole convoy This whole assembly on the National Mall, it doesn't even have to happen if you just end things now and we can get on with our lives. To you other convoys that plan on meeting us here, we look forward to seeing you and joining with you. We're gonna do this right, we're gonna do this honorably. Mr. President, we have no other motives in this mission. You see, the government, our elected officials of both parties have failed us tremendously these last two years and now it's time for us, we, the people, to fix this, to end this. We're ready to get back to our lives, the ones promised and guaranteed in the United States Constitution, Bill of Rights, and the contract that you signed and swore an oath to under the one true God. This is simple, end this.
2: Nice. I, I was, to be honest, very I was nice. expecting something a little more fiery just because of the way yeah. uh, producer AD explained that to me. I was expecting to be shocked at something. But hey, that all sounded pretty yeah. good to me.
7: Yeah, it's very peaceful. It's it's straightforward. He's saying we're coming in peace. This is all we're about. You know, we're not anything that the media might portray as us. That's that's all that needs to be said. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That was that was straightforward. So I mean, I'm looking forward to see how this goes. I saw something about uh, how the Pentagon had approved the National Guard to be called into the Capitol yeah. for this. So seems like they're mm-hmm. already trying to play this off as another January sixth.
7: Oh uh, yeah, they are, and they're already building another uh, fence around the uh, the Capitol mm-hmm. building because, of course, you Just know, that's great. Yeah. What government is not afraid of its people?
2: Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. So that'll be interesting. And so I'm told we will have a team on the ground from Rebel News who will be covering the U.S. Great. convoy itself. So I'm looking forward to seeing that coverage because, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, like I, all I know about it is that it's happening. That's all I've really been told. I haven't seen too yeah. much other than, hey, it's happening. They're driving to the Capitol. Similar things what we've been doing here in Canada. But it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see, A, how, you know, Washington reacts. I mean, like you're saying, they've already put up the fence and they're planning to call on the National Guard. Be interesting to yep. see how that all goes down, and whether or not you know anything actually comes from it. But uh, I yeah. hope I
7: hope so. yeah I hope it actually happens because you know mm-hmm. they were talking about going down to uh, the Super Bowl right in Los Angeles. Obviously yeah. that never happened. That never happened. But I think they seem more serious now. I mean they're putting up videos, yeah. they're putting up statements of the press. Uh, I wrote about a story earlier about a a guy from Pennsylvania. He owns a trucking company there and Mm -hmm. they're all going down. Yeah. So it looks like a lot of trucking companies are going down. This is like this is not just one or two people. You know, this is not like uh, one or two drivers or even a thousand drivers. This is more like a lot of small companies are heading down there Mm -hmm. representing themselves. Yeah, this is a huge deal. So, okay. So I saw this.
2: I literally just glanced at this before coming in here. I saw you wrote a story. I believe it was about the convoy. And there was something about someone making a statement about how we're going to be cutting things off from you, like a boa restrictor around your neck. Do you mind telling me yeah. what that was about? Because I actually have no <laughs> idea. I just saw that, caught my eye. I'm like, ooh, what's this? Yeah.
7: Okay. So, uh, this, uh, was part of a story, uh, about one of the freedom convoy guys. I don't know what you call these guys, uh, convoy truckers. Right. Yeah. So, uh, he said that, you know, we're not going to block emergency traffic. We're not going to, you know, like, uh, stop things from, uh, you know, uh, you know working in in, in d c instead we will cut you off like a boa constrictor <laughs> that okay. was his threat, yeah, but it'll be peaceful though it'll be a peaceful yeah like, okay off. so yeah. so
2: but what does he mean by that? we're gonna cut you off like like what it, what exactly is he planning to cut off you know,
7: like, um, my guess is shipments, you know of local okay. deliveries, yeah. yeah. Uh, they I deserve see. it. I mean, yeah. screw that place.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's essentially just, oh yeah, we're gonna blockade the capital and stop yeah. stuff from coming through. Okay, I see what he's saying. Yeah. And was of like, emergency
7: vehicles. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. was he like an he's actual of the organizer. Okay.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And also that story is uh, quite interesting because, mm. and I even understand where the anger is coming from, you know, when these truck drivers talk about this stuff, because uh, one of, uh, 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 what do you call him? Uh, a Democrat, right? He said that all of these trucks needs, need to be seized and they need to be impounded and they need to be sold and, and given to like the local businesses in DC. Like that's insane for what, you know, yeah. he yeah, wants know. to pull a Trudeau. Yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. That's great. Yeah, because in Canada, like we had all those trucks that were towed away, forcibly towed yep. away, right? Because mm-hmm. we had yep. we had the government pulling a full fascist move and compelling, as they said, private tow yep. truck drivers to do the government's dirty work and take them away. Under as threat, in, of, under force, threat of, their uh, of force closing their businesses, closing their businesses, jail and fines, all you know mm-hmm. under the Emergencies Act, threatening yep. them. And essentially forcing them to tow the trucks away, and all the trucks have been impounded. And then yep. the mayor of Ottawa goes on the CBC, and he's saying, "Yeah, mm-hmm. and actually, because this entire operation has been such a burden on the taxpayers, and I really care about the taxpayers, we're just going to auction off all of these trucks and sell them and recoup the cost, you know, for for the people." Yeah. So uh, I yeah, thought that was people, a bold yeah. move. Yeah.
7: <laughs> Honestly, oh, I man. wish you know, and I'm not speaking as a journalist here, more mm-hmm. as for myself. Yeah. I wish Canadian truckers all over Canada would simply just go on a strike, you know, just choose to not work. Yeah. I mean, essentially. whole month. Yeah. And that's what Ezra has been calling this whole
2: movement is just like, you know, a general strike is kind of a one way to look at it. I I think it, you know, is pretty key in terms of, you know what, we've got swaths of people because it was it started with just with the truckers. Right. But then we had farmers. Farmers joined in. We had others come in and they're like, you know what? we're just we're mm-hmm. a we're going on a literal strike as far from our work but that's also partly because yep. they were forced to stop working because of government right mandates. it couldn't work so yeah. you have all these people who've been essentially backed into a corner saying yeah i can't mm-hmm. really work now because you've told me i can't work because of these overreaching mandates and then yep. you know the i've been living for 2 years now under all these super heavy-handed restrictions that i've dealt with because i need to mm-hmm. eat i need to feed my family now i literally cannot work so it's time for action and yep. I mean, I'm also super impressed by every single person who is at this point where they've been backed into a corner and they're desperate mm-hmm. and their only recourse they see is this peaceful protest. The fact that yeah. none of them snapped, none of them lost it, none of them got violent, which I find incredibly impressive. The fact there that some hoaxes though. To...
7: Yeah. Sorry? Some hoaxes you know like remember yeah. that one guy sitting at a house on fire or whatever you know that yeah never exactly happened. yeah that it's was fake. a hoax we, yeah, yeah we
2: covered that about them like you know starting a fire in an apartment building that was not yep. related to the truckers at all and yeah a bunch of other hoaxes the nazi flag yeah. waving and all of that where the guy with the confederate flag you just got chased out of the crowd he's he's the only mm-hmm. one bold enough to try and actually stand in the crowd of actual protesters and he got chased out yep. pretty quick but yeah, yeah, and and that's all the sort of rhetoric we're seeing in the debates right now too, right? From within the Senate and in the House right. of Commons previously. But oh, all and these, in the media, you know, yeah, and you know, in the media, like, yeah, all these not both the flag American readers. media.
7: Yeah. yeah. American media and the uh, Canadian media. I mean, uh, Washington Post used that list of uh, people whose names were leaked or mm. well, stolen from the uh, the, the docs. Right. And then uh, started calling them up and made made a whole list of American donors saying that, oh, this American donor gave like twenty thousand dollars. You know, it's like, yeah, why are you going after people for this? You oh, know, yeah. People have a right to donate.
2: Yeah, exactly, and that's the other hardcore line they were trying to push too, right? Of oh, this is this is all an American influenced movement. You call this yeah. Canadian? No, this is you know Trump money coming through here or making this happen. <laughs> Jagmeet Singh was running with that for the NDP. Oh, yeah, it's
7: nonsense. I mean, even the like actual analysis done by Canadian journalists shows that the majority of like, the bulk of money came from Canadian citizens, mm-hmm. wasn't from Americans. Yeah, exactly.
2: It is it's a genuine grassroots Canadian movement that they're so yep. so desperately trying to paint as foreign interference, mm-hmm. insurrection. Uh, it must be uh, Putin, you know. Yeah, exactly. He's so jealous but of Trudeau. It, it must be Putin, this uh, yeah. uh, Russian-funded. And so, I'm th- just thinking here, um, in Canada we have this going on, we have this going on in the States. And what I, mm-hmm. another story that we were referencing earlier that is just coming to mind now, cause, because during this whole thing, right? Like at Rebel News, we've never gotten so much attention than we have right now during our coverage of this, because yep. literally the entire world has been watching this. This is one of the biggest stories in the world all eyes Ever. have been on. The Freedom it Convoy in Canada, yeah, and and yeah. the the movement that has spilled over beyond our borders, you know, now in the states mm-hmm. and elsewhere, and since we we're getting so Australia. much attention, yeah, Australia, especially mm-hmm. from American media, I find it hilarious. There was a story that Sheila wrote this up yesterday, that uh, where well, let me see here, that yeah, so the Canadian federal government was. Paying a consulting firm in the United States to do PR work for Canada in the States to try and spread the good message of Canadian greatness among the U.S. Oh. while it was having such negative PR from all of the convoy and the treatment of the protesters. I think this and it coincided right with bringing in the Emergencies Act and the crackdown on mm-hmm. protesters. I, I think this is great here. So yeah, Canadian Embassy in U.S. paying consultants to woo thought leaders after invoking Emergencies Act. I mean, I I don't know if you saw this, That's but I, I think this. I is, did not see that. This yeah, is I'm looking hilarious.
7: at it now. yeah. So so it 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 seems that he is genuinely concerned what the world thinks of him, right? Oh. this is not just a local issue. I mean, I've I've been in arguments with people, Canadians even, who were like, ah, it doesn't matter what the world thinks of of Trudeau. He doesn't care. I mean, he's a tyrant. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, of course he cares. Yeah, he, he He's only able to do this because he has the support of the international community. And, you know, he wants to retain that support, right? He wants yeah. to be seen as a good
2: guy here. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right about that. Of course, Justin Trudeau cares. Like, I mean, first of all, just as a personal thing of course <laughs> he's <laughs> oh man i mean he's just a super vain little petty yes, tyrant is. of course he's a narcissist but, yeah a complete narcissist but the fact that like canada all the time loves the image that it's just this you know middle power yeah. do-gooder we're the world's you know peace-loving peacekeepers yeah. even though Canadian keep, yeah even though uh, Canadian peacekeeping efforts have steadily declined over the past decades and we're at an Mm all-time low of actual doing real peacekeeping. But we love that image of all the great work we do with the UN peacekeeping and all of that. And and Canada never really does anything Unless we think it's going to help us look really good on the international stage, you know, as far as our foreign policy goes. And so absolutely, I think Trudeau really cares. And that's something I found super heartening about this is all of the attention that has been on this. It's like the mask has fallen off because so so many Mm -hmm. along the rest of the world look at Trudeau and they think he's this, you know, progressive prince, this symbol of, you know, progressive liberalism, and he's got this Male
7: feminist ally.
2: Male feminist ally is utopia of Canada. Oh no, Trump got elected. Looks like I'm gonna move away to Canada to go live under Justin Trudeau. He's really just a petty tyrant, is really the best way you can put it. And the whole mask has finally slipped off. I mean, we've been saying this forever. Like, Mm -hmm. guys, look at the stuff he's saying, look at him. Ezra wrote a book called The Libranos, talking about how corrupt Justin Trudeau's liberal party is. And it mm-hmm. just keeps going and going and going. All and they're the all tied, too. Yeah. They're
7: tied to the, the, the Trudeau party is, you know, the liberals are tied to Biden and Obama, mm-hmm. the same people who push them up there. Right. Yeah. They went to the same schools. They went to the same, uh, you know, uh, events. They went to the same. Well, maybe not events, but like the same. Uh, they, they, they fly in the same circles. That's what I mean. Right. Mm-hmm. All oh. of them. And that's why they're all backing each other up. It's, it's just yeah. so obvious. And they're all tied to uh, Klaus Schwab. Yeah, exactly. exactly.
2: It's all it's the ties are all there. You mention any of it. Suddenly, you're a wild conspiracy theorist. But I mean, it's literally right there. They're
7: in your face telling you that they're they're in your face. Yeah. In An interview saying that, yeah, you know, like half of the Canadian parliament belongs to us, the WF. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. And Whoa.
2: I feel like with all of that, it's like they're just like almost hiding in plain sight where it's like, you know, yep. if the World Economic Forum can come out and say, yeah, 2030, you'll owe nothing and you'll be happy. Then it's like, ah, oh, see, mm-hmm. guys, it's not a conspiracy theory. They just, you know, they really want what's best for you. So they're going to, yep. you know, go full globalists and take everything and one world communist government. But that's not really what it that's is. Right. They just, uh, you know, trying to make the world a better place. And this is what they say. So I don't know. It just, yeah, I, I, I think it's, bad people. it's Yeah. I think it's hilarious to see like just how open it is and how willfully blind the rest of the world has to be to it. I mean...
7: Yeah, you mention it and they'll be like, that's a conspiracy theory. The great reason it's not a real thing. Meanwhile, it's on the... Cover of Time Magazine, the Great yeah, Reset. Yeah,
2: the Great Reset. It's like Klaus it's right Schwab's there. book
7: is literally titled the, the Great Reset. The Great Reset.
2: <laughs> I mean, yep. yeah, writer writer Dave in the in the writers room with me. He's got a copy of the book, and I think he likes to bust nice. it out from time to time. And uh, I should well, read it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure it's. A, yeah, I should probably pull that out
7: myself. Yeah, it's the like Great Reset. Klaus Schwab set the you know a copy a signed copy of his book to pretty much all these western world leaders and mm-hmm. he thanked him for it personally you like very recently uh, um uh, mark rut, rut Rutte, yeah Rutte mm-hmm. in uh, in 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 the netherlands he was called out by a member of parliament uh for you know basically aligning with klaus schwab the guy was like so you're pretty close to klaus schwab you know you uh, uh you, you thanked him personally, you, were, you, know, he, you said he was instrumental in putting you in power, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and Rutter was like, oh no, I don't even know the guy. Mm-hmm. And then what that dude did, you know, this MP, was he pulled out that book, he pulled out an interview where uh, Rutter was personally thanking Klaus Schwab and, and personally thanked him for receiving his book and said that it was like a, he was using it as a guide on how to lead Amsterdam and how to lead uh, the Netherlands. Oh, it's like, wow. You know, they lie so brazenly. So yeah. brazenly. Yeah, such
2: brazen and I mean, talking about all of that as well, that just brings to my mind also Krista Freeland, the deputy prime minister yep. of Canada and the finance minister, who is Trudeau's right hand woman in literally everything. She runs more of the show than he does. She is yep. literally a World Economic Forum puppet. Like she works I, I'm not sure her exact p- position with She's the World a biographer, Euro.
7: I think. She she is Schwartz's
2: biographer, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Well, she is for sure. She's that close to him. And then she, but she has an official position presently with the World Economic Forum. Right. I'm not. She's like
7: the second in command there. Yeah. Yeah. Second in command over there. First of
2: all, how can that not be just a major conflict of interest to have, to be the second in Mm -hmm. command in the Canadian federal government and with the World Economic Forum? But I mean, I guess they try and blend the two together as, you know, unified movements. But so like her. Because the biggest thing to come from Justin Trudeau invoking the Emergencies Act is all the financial stuff, right? The fact that yep. the Canadian government can, unilater- can unilaterally freeze bank accounts and seize assets and all of that without a court order, without any sort Mm -hmm. of due process, they can just go for it. And it's sort of, I mean, it's nice to see so many people kind of waking up to the fact that, yeah, guys, all of these processes are in place for the government to completely control you through your finances. And maybe Mm -hmm. we need to think of ways to prevent that from ever being possible. Digital
7: ID. Yeah. Yeah. They want to do it all over the world. I mean, they're doing it. Many countries already have it. And they're following China's model. But, you know, instead of having a a Chinese world government, which would be a bad thing, obviously, uh, they want their own version of it, which is just follows the same China template. It's it's awful.
2: And like we're seeing it in real time in Canada with the freezing bank accounts and, you know, seizing assets and all that for people who like the vaccine passports. Yeah, the vaccine passports for people who don't It's a digital
7: ID. Yeah. Even well, yeah exactly. That. In France, yeah. they admitted it. They were like, yeah, vaccine passports, basically a, a digital ID. It's a way to for us to clamp down on your movements. So, you know, yeah. you you can't just decide to go somewhere. We'll know where you are. You're going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And in, I mean, uh, we'll, Netherlands is the same thing. What Germany, we're
2: celebrating. Yeah. A lot of the provinces in Canada, what we're celebrating. Well, they announced they're lifting all the vaccine, the yeah, passports and mandates in a lot of them. It's like, well they're still using the QR code and they're still allowing businesses to enforce the vaccine passport if they want to, but people do it willingly. That's how (laughs) they do
7: it. Right. It's like they get to a point where they've conditioned society to sort of accept everything that people will simply do it willingly. And, uh, you know, it gets to a point where it's so ubiquitous that people will not stop using it because it's, it's normal. It's just normal. And it's convenient to have a vaccine passport. I mean, you're seeing now in, in, in France where they've cut down the, uh you know, there used to be a grace period of uh, of getting a booster shot from six months, it cut it down to three months and a lot of people are complaining about it, mm-hmm. but they're still getting boosted because they don't want to be quote unquote unvaccinated, right? Mm, it's just not yeah. convenient for them. So, and, and this is not because the government's mandating anything, it's because the businesses themselves are the ones doing it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I saw a headline earlier this morning. This wasn't on our list here, but... This was from a Castanet. I think it's like some much smaller... news site in British Columbia, yep. I think, is where it's based. But it was, and I'm not even sure which province this article was about, but it basically just this one restaurant, some local restaurant has instituted, even though they don't have to you know, enforce the vaccine anymore for the restaurant, they have a vaccinated mm-hmm. only section of the restaurant and an unvaccinated <laughs> section. And I'm like, wow, you have to be joking. Here. Unbelievable. <laughs> the fact that it's like, well, of course, you can still come and do your indoor dining, but you have to sit in the unvaccinated section. And there's a separate yeah. section for those who are, want to be. But the colored people. <laughs> yeah. But the colored
7: people oh, and the whites so split it yeah. up. Segregation. Oh, yeah, this is, is this is, is a different
2: headline. This isn't the one I was reading, but this is yeah. Some Chicago restaurants to create vacuum oh, <laughs> sections. Wow. So okay. DC so it's not well. just Canada. Yeah. Great. G- great to see. Oh, Every,
7: everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. And it's like, you know, and and these are the people, if you talk to them, they'll be like, you know what? You, if you ask them a question, like, what would you do during World War Two? Would you be uh, the guy sitting down or would you be, you know, the guy standing up like with the rest of them, the mob yeah. and, and raising your hand up to, to, to salute Hitler? They would tell you that, oh, I'd be the guy standing down. I'd be the guy uh, supporting Bernie Sanders and opposing the uh, school segregation. No, you wouldn't. You'd be right there with them, with the mob, you know, doing all these terrible things. You'd be the ones snitching on your neighbors in in East Germany. You know, when when the fall of the Soviet Union happened in, in, uh, uh, I mean, fall of East Germany happened in 1990, the Berlin Wall, uh, they found out that one third of Germans had snitched on a neighbor. One third of Germans were Stasi. Insane. Yeah, That's a lot of people. That is
2: crazy. I mean, it's so true because everyone wants to be, of course, with the majority. No one likes being unpopular. No one likes being ostracized yep. and taking principled stands against the majority. But like, it just blows my mind sometimes when people, mm-hmm. even when the majority, especially when it's led by a very top-down sort of... Opinion that's led by government, and then government and corporate media are all pushing this one direction. And yep. if you're just staying exactly where you are, you can see so clearly, like, no, what they're doing is so wrong. Like, you have to see how this view is so messed up. But if you're talking mm-hmm. to someone who's just like who wants to believe it, it's incredible to see the lengths they'll go to defend it, and justify it. We're like, no, 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 yep. this isn't that crazy. Look, yeah, like if you look at it that way, I guess it sounds kind of crazy. But look, they have their reasons, they have their justifications. Like, it's totally fine. And then they. Just spit back whatever talking points they
7: want yeah yeah it's just and they'll point out you know they'll say oh look at those guys are nazis those guys are mm -hmm. white supremacists they're terrorists they're domestic uh terrorists are insurgents you know i mean it's it's always something it's always something to, to justify it yeah, it's it, always
2: something, and I mean, I, I was just talking yep. earlier with producer AD. Like, we, we're literally in the mm-hmm. middle of a propaganda war. Like, that is that we is are. kind of the height. That is the front information lines of our world right now. The information war, info wars, <laughs> good old info wars. I mean, but it's yeah. it's so true. I mean, like that is that is where we're at. Like, the control of yeah. information has never been greater in terms of you know the way we get our information, how it's filtered to us, yep. those who fingertips. are kind of pulling the levers of tech and power, and it's just it's crazy just to think like based off of what you're receiving and from what sources and from whom like your entire reality right. is just shaped around that and i don't know it's just it's crazy when i stop to think about it sometimes in terms of like
7: it is it's, I, it's yeah. like uh we live in a dystopian cyberpunk novel you know something that <laughs> was written yeah. in the 2000s yeah or a video game you know yeah exactly. deus ex. i love, I love to point out deus ex and it's like how oh wow we live in this world except it's it's actually marginally worse because we don't have cool mechs yet you know? <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah, have, exactly yeah, sometimes, cool sometimes when I think about
2: it, it's like, oh, yeah, the dystopian cool cyberpunk. Like, you know what? You know, that's kind of cool. You know, I, I can get with yeah. that. I'll just lean into a little bit. Make sure you're playing the yep. right character yourself. Make sure you're on the right side. And then, you know,
7: can have some fun with yeah. uh, living life. But, yeah, but, it's, it's crazy. It's scary to think about. It, it I mean, is. it's a way to sort of, uh, you know to cope with it right because mm-hmm. it, it is weird if you think about it it's weird the world we live in is really really weird and i feel like a lot of people feel really um disconnected from it because they mm-hmm. cannot you know they cannot like uh how do you how do you say it? like they, they can't put together the the conceptualization that they have of the world with the world they actually live in Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier, I think, for us because we're younger and we, you know, we played video games. We watch The Matrix, you know, we watch a lot of science fiction. So it's like, okay, this is going to happen eventually. You know, we can think like that. Yeah. But the other people, they experience future shock, you know, for them, it's future shock. Well, yeah, it's, it's true.
2: And I mean, and you know, of course, that can be a depressing thought. I'd be like, oh yeah, this sucks. We're living in this dystopian tech world. But the thing that has given me hope—it's awesome. Is, it's yeah, it's great. Come on, guys.
7: I love it. It's drones everywhere. There's cops want to beat people up? No, it's terrible. But it's also kind of cool in a way, in 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 a really yeah. sort of messed up sort of way. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but like, what what gives me hope, especially with all these really just. Perverse narratives that, you know, s- they're all over the place. What's really giving yeah. me hope is, especially seeing the whole freedom convoy movement in Canada and then spilling over to everywhere yep. else, is just to be reminded that when the people kind of start to realize and they start to stand up mm-hmm. against all this top down control, all the narratives just fall apart. They just completely crumble. Yep. And it's so nice to see that so many people are actually waking up to this. Like they're starting to yes. see all of the contradictions and the inconsistencies and people are actually starting to ask questions instead of blindly accepting what's fed to them. And so yep. like it's it's great to see, like especially in the States where I feel like there's been this strong revival of people who are like, you know what? Our freedoms and our liberties are under attack and it is time they to are. push back and like seeing all of the you know, the whole red wave expected to come in twenty twenty two with their uh mm-hmm. midterm elections and how yep like the desperate attempts from everyone to push back on this, like seeing Trudeau invoke the Emergencies Act in Canada. He was for me desperate. it's like, wow, he
7: is so desperate right now. So back yes, into a uh, corner. And he was like, afraid that it was going to grow, right? It was going to keep yeah. growing where, you know, it's not just uh, farmers and truck drivers. It's everybody coming out. It's all mm. blue collar workers marching. That was what he was afraid of, like a like yeah. basic Canadian revolution, but maybe not, you know, a violent one, a peaceful one that mm. <laughs> yeah. calls for him to, you know, have a vote of no confidence, really. And he yeah. didn't want it to get to that Point.
2: And the, and that's what they can't deal with is when it's a peaceful revolution, right? Like if, yep, if there right. was any violence, oh, instant, January 6th, insurrectionists, yeah. crack down on them, drag them out. The, the Whatever small display of violence does happen we broadcast absolutely everywhere say, look, this is the face mm-hmm. of this whole movement, crack down. But when it's this peaceful revolution, this yep. grassroots movement of the people just standing up and saying no mm-hmm. – then, you know, he literally can't deal with it. And so
7: he could have averted all of this. That's a sad thing. You know, he could have just sat down with protesters and said, hey, what do you want? What can we do? You know, why are you pissed off? Yeah. Instead, he was like you you guys are Nazis. Yeah. I won't talk to Nazis. And that's the thing he did from the beginning. It's like he he backed yep. himself into this corner and then
2: he just based off of his pride, of course, he could never go back on that because then yep. he would be sitting down with the people he called Nazis and extremists. But
7: it looks bad for him.
2: Yeah. I mean, what blows my mind, like especially when I think about how desperate they're getting, is to see the lengths to which they're going to lie. Like just yeah. The bold, outright lies, like the Ottawa Police Twitter account, how it's like everything oh God, out of their mouth. <laughs> everything written in that account was
7: a complete lie. In terms yeah, of, yeah, we like, don't use tear gas. We yeah, don't use pepper spray. Of course you do.
2: Yeah, it's like we're we no literally have injured. people on the ground. We have footage of people getting trampled by horses and beaten with yeah. the butts of service rifles and knees to mm-hmm. the ground repeatedly by police. And we have
7: images a Facebook of the tear video gas canisters. Yeah, where this guy. Put his hands up, got arrested, and they just kept kneeing him in the back. Like a George Floyd moment right there.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where he's got two cops on top of him and the other guy just knee, knee, knee. And it's like, my goodness.
7: And did any Canadian journalist reach out? No. I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess we did. But nobody else did. You know, like uh, exactly when Greg reposted it, right, Uh, Fox News guy, he posted Mm -hmm. it. He said a zero... A mainstream Canadian journalists reached out about that story, and it's been out there for days. Yeah, well, nobody it, cares. Exactly, and that's also like on that
2: exact same vein. It's just like with the New York Times article about how uh, that, that mentioned that people were arrested and taken out of their trucks at gunpoint, and the Canadian yep. be like, well, they literally included the photos in the article of yeah. all of the full-on militarized police up there with their rifles mm-hmm. out pointing at the one truck, and then. Yep. All of the mainstream Canadian journalists went ballistic, saying, No, it's not a gunpoint. How dare you make such a suggestion? This is fake news, New York Times. We demand a correction that you take this down now. And it's like, Yep. Did you read the article and, and see the image They didn't they read showed? it. They didn't <laughs> care. And they didn't care because New York Don't Times. Don't believe your
7: lying eyes. Yeah. Don't believe, believe your
2: lying eyes. Exactly. Like the new, I guess the New York Times sort of broke the mold of. Uh, sorry, guys, yep. you're going against uh, the mainstream club here. We don't actually report on stuff. We do what uh, our masters tell us to do, and we toe that line. Yeah. And,
7: yeah. and they even deleted the tweet, even though the article is unchanged. Yeah. So that's funny.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah.
7: They want to get dunked on by Canadian journalists. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine being caught by Canadian journalists? I can't. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, ab- absolutely not. Like it, the, maybe, maybe getting caught doing something. And of course, it's all ideologically yeah. driven with them. It's like, oh, we caught this one far right, you know person doing yeah. this and it's like oh wow what a scoop great job how yep. about all of this other stuff going It's on?
7: always and it's always it's so convenient that you know like the guy carrying the swastika flag mm-hmm. happens to be where you know one of their photographers is and i'm not a conspiracy yeah. theorist i don't think yeah exactly you know like it could have been completely uh, 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 circumstantial, but it's funny how uh, you know this guy just happened to be where the journalists are, just yeah. to make sure every single person saw
2: just that. Just happened photo. to be, and the one because I've I've seen two images from the convoy of, of someone with a Nazi flag. One of them was just on some street somewhere. And you know, it was like one guy with a flag and like a couple of other people around him. It's like, wow, look at that man right in yep. the throng of the protest. And then another mm-hmm. one, which I believe we identified as the Chateau Laurier, which is the most prestigious hotel in the entire city of Ottawa, where the, the cops dip- are, <laughs> the diplomats and the RCMP yeah. who are actually staying there. in those leaked uh, leaked tweets and uh, no, not leaked tweets, leaked messages that we you know were going around About on to Twitter. Chat. But yep. yeah, from uh, I think I think it was like a WeChat group or something or. Um, Something like that. Something like that. But yeah, uh, yeah, so they were on there and seeing that the RCMP (laughs) were there bragging about how great it was their stay at the Chateau Laurier, which is exactly Mm -hmm. where the Nazi flag was. It's just so, it's like, there's no grassroots, you know, supposedly racist trucker out there who's going to be staying at the Chateau Laurier.
7: No, absolutely not. So that's it's close to them. It's close to the truckers. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, and what trucker would go where the cops are? That's insane. Yeah, no. Yeah, (laughs) this is clearly a plant. Clearly a plant.
2: So very clearly. But I mean, even you know, yeah. I I actually I won't go into that any further. But I'm getting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to stop myself right there. But I would like yeah. to remind everyone who's watching the stream as well, because I keep forgetting to mention this, is that we are taking Rumble rants, uh, we're demonetized on YouTube, so whatever, Super Chats, Hyper Chats, whatever YouTube does, we can't get those. But if you're on Odyssey, if you're on Rumble, if you're on any of the other platforms or on Super U, you can then Super Chats. We're taking chats. So if you want to send us chats, we'll read them out, interact with us. Go ahead and do that. But I mean, on the topic, like what we were just talking about there, about how it's like the top Mm -hmm. down, the government and the media against the people and the people who have been rising up and are looking at other people rising up and starting to take heart and rising up as well. kind of gives me courage. I mean, that kind of comes back to also like what we were talking about in the very beginning with Russia and Ukraine and Biden trying to put so much attention onto that because Mm -hmm. he's absolutely losing the faith of the people. He's losing sort of, I don't know, especially Trudeau is losing the legitimacy of his rule, the moral right yes. to actually govern the people he's losing the will and the faith of the people and Biden particularly mm-hmm. is just you know losing all popularity even among and he's losing his mind he's losing his mind <laughs> of course I was I was saying earlier it's like you know because Biden you know yeah. he's he's falling apart and like well actually quite literally he's falling apart quite not just his administration apart. but yeah. I mean I, I, from what I've seen it's like even you know hardcore Democrat voters are starting to be like yeah I'm trying no, against him.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Like, there was a poll recently. They asked uh, Democrats, right, and Republicans, mm-hmm. what you think uh, Biden has accomplished, and the vast majority of people just said nothing. Yeah. Even the Democrats are like, no, nah, he hasn't done anything. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's all he had to do was literally nothing. He could just like be elected,
2: yeah. and after you know, ride the wave of all of Trump's successes and all the stuff he actually accomplished, and just keep managing, you know, a very middle ground approach. And, you know, he could uh, that. And people just wanted Trump gone. But instead, he just had to
7: actively destroy the economy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Southern border, you know, everything. Just everything mm -hmm. that Trump did right, Biden undid, just for the sake of it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I suppose, yeah, that's kind of the ideology there as well. We're just going to be reverse Trump. Undo everything he did, because if he did it, he was terrible. Therefore. Raise the
7: price of insulin yeah yeah oh. yeah and and he's taking credit for that he's like you know a trump lowered the price of insulin he capped it so that you know you don't have to pay eight hundred dollars for for a single shot right and uh biden got rid of that he was like oh we're just gonna get rid of everything that trump did and then people had to obviously end up paying thousands of dollars for their insulin that they need to live and now he's basically just doing what trump did and then taking credit for it he's like i'm lowering the price of insulin
4: yeah it's like
2: hello really Great work. Great work that. there, Joe. And then, yeah, yeah I mean, it just seems like so much, so many distractions there to try and, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, because there's, there's the desperation in terms of, okay, we need to stop any actual real populist movement as in movement of the people to, yep. you know, that's actually pro-freedom, pro-liberty. And then, mm-hmm. you know, so wildly desperate ploys to stop that, including just so many distractions from everything. I mean yes. russia ukraine is one of them i mean like, the, like what else is going on that they're trying to hype up i'm just trying to think about it like i know i've seen stuff i'm just kind of drawing blanks here oh well, it's global warming oh yeah yeah there's of course. That. Yeah, there's, there's the whole the, yeah because that's the
7: next emergency right because oh yeah uh, and then there's the numbers they always love bringing up the numbers in in florida the COVID numbers you know yes like Oh, yeah, the numbers went up again. Guys, it's because DeSantis is a bad leader, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's the same thing all over across the board because, you know, it's seasonal.
2: Yeah, exactly, and that's and that's the thing though. It's like in the midst of all of this and all of you know, it seems like we're back to the olden days pre-COVID when COVID yep. wasn't the headline of everything because there is actual mm-hmm. stuff going on with people rising up and actually yeah, it's like back. nobody cares and about COVID anymore. It's like yeah, no one cares about. It's like where's the COVID? What happened? Like yeah, I have not seen a single person like over the three weeks this massive protest was raging in Ottawa. There was not Mm -hmm. a single mention of, oh, this is a super spreader event. Like when I was there walking. Yeah, right. I was expecting it. Yeah. It's like you could not go anywhere without like being packed in, surrounded by people. Like it was not just, you know, breaking six feet distance. It was like you made physical contact with like, you know, hundreds Mm -hmm. of people just by walking the streets of downtown. And so I'm so surprised no one tried to ride that line. But I'm, they glad were just, they so yeah, I'm, I'm glad they didn't I tired. I'm glad they did. not yeah, I'm, you know, it's been 2 years of that sort of thing, but I mean, it just yeah. kind of goes to show like cuz none of the arguments as to why this had to be dealt with how it was had to do with no, we still need to have these restrictions to actually deal with COVID. Right, that's was interesting, right? Completely they never did the arbitrary that. stuff. Yeah. Like it's as if yeah. everyone accepts that, you know what, these restrictions are actually useless. They're not actually mm-hmm. helping with any COVID stuff, but Yep. You know what? We need to keep them anyway. And the fact that these people the are opposing them, well, these are just racist people opposing them. Therefore, the mandates are good. These people are yep. bad and crush them.
7: They did this. I mean, you have you have uh, the Atlantic publishing an article saying that, yes, the mask mandates don't make any sense and they don't do anything, mm. but they're still necessary. What do you mean <laughs> yeah. they're still necessary? Go to hell. Yeah. Yeah. The mask mandates
2: don't need to make sense in order for them to be necessary.
4: Like
7: Okay, Okay. thank you for that. So thank we're you. just signing on with that. I mean, it, this is just like when the TSA uh, forced people to take off their shoes. And mm. until now, you still have to take off your shoes when you go to an American airport. Yeah. Why? Of course. What's the point? <laughs> Everything yeah. is temporary. Just, just like these I emergency powers. Uh, yeah. 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 Can we so, have like a proper great reset and just do away with all this nonsense, please? <laughs> a real yeah. great reset. You know, yeah. one on our terms, on our terms. Yeah, Matt, yeah, here's the, uh, the
2: Atlantic piece. Yeah, yeah. I saw someone yeah. tweet out the other day. It's like, can we just have every single politician who's currently in a significant position of power just resign? And I'm like, you know what? That's the sort of yeah. great reset I can get behind. Let's just yeah. clean slate. And you, like, let's get some term limits in there so we can actually have some turnover of yes, our politicians. That's, uh, that's Two a, or three terms.
7: <laughs> yeah. Please. We don't need people who yeah. have been serving in Congress since 1970. Hell no. Yeah. You know, oh, like, what boy. is that? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, exactly.
2: They're so out of I'm, touch. I'm just going to check right here now because I think we may have some rants, some chats to uh, respond to. Let's take a look nice. here. Yeah, we got some We got some chats. Let's start reading out some chats here. All right. From Trinity Canadian, $1. Trudeau and the liberals need to stop being woke and invest in our military again and protect North America. Well, I mean, I can absolutely agree that Trudeau and the Liberals need to stop being woke. Invest in our military. I mean, I'm always in Absolutely. favor of good, strong defense and giving our military what they need to defend
7: us. And not but... depending so much on America, you know, for exactly. everything. Exactly. Right? But like, my, yeah.
2: my issue is always when it's like, all right, we need to invest in our military, Canada. And then it's like, okay, well, what is our military actually focusing on right now? You know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, are, are they, yeah, actually... maybe not
7: the best thing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I don't know. It always, always blows me away. There's so many it's distractions. Like, and why are we
7: buying? Are we going to, are we going to buy more missiles? Is, yeah. is that the point? You know, why though? Yeah. i'd love
2: to i just want to see some logic behind every decision we're making just like a single cohesive transparency
7: yeah
2: yeah exactly
7: like where's the money going and yeah you know you dedicate x amount of billion dollars to something but where is it going exactly you you can't just say the military you gotta know i mean if it's going to crt training in the military that is so not worth it (laughs) yeah that's exactly what's happening in america
2: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, in Canada, that's the thing. It's like we have all these government sort of checks and balances in place in terms of transparency. It's like everything has to be reported. Everything has to be shown. And it's right there. Like there is transparency there. But the thing is, Mm -hmm. no one actually digs into it and reports on it. And then no right. one, so no one really knows about it. And then no one cares. It's like everything like the, the Canadian government mm-hmm. does, it can just do kind of in the background, in the shadows. There's this thin veneer of like, you know, progressiveness and kindness. Black and Locks Liberal this, you know? love.
7: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Black Locks. Yeah. Is, they should is, be the ones so looking into it. I mean, they have the most access. Yeah, they might as well be doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I guess they do do it sometimes, but nobody knows because they put it all behind a paywall. So
2: Exactly. what's behind the paywall. And then <laughs> the thing is, is like, you know, people like us will pick it up, but it just kind of speaks to the whole conglomerate yeah. of the, you know, government funded and corporate media who are just oh holding government to account funny you think we're real journalists no 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 we're gonna hold everyone else to account and
7: uh propagandists yeah
2: exactly exactly uh i believe got some more chats here pull up uh, another one another trinity canadian dakota are you flying down to washington you know what i would love to fly down to washington unfortunately sitting in canada i mean i got no problem sharing with you i am unvaccinated that is my personal medical status, in case you were curious. And I need to be vaccinated in order to get onto a plane to go anywhere oh, in Canada. So, yeah. unfortunately, no. In fact, I think with quarantine requirements, I would have to go to the states and then quarantine there. Like I haven't looked too much into it, but especially upon return mm-hmm. to Canada, I would still need to quarantine another two weeks. The seven
7: days for oh, the two,
2: two for, weeks. For a full two weeks, I think. For if you're like, <laughs> if I were to even manage to make it into the states coming back i'd have to spend a full two weeks what's even the
7: point of quarantines i don't get it i mean you have you have communal spread Mm -hmm. people locally getting sick from it and they're like oh you need to quarantine they're acting as if it even works like someone else already has it you know it's like like every every
2: single measure we have from quarantines to mandates to everything clearly
7: nothing has been effective so why are we still doing it exactly uh, yeah if you compare florida to uh, New York, Florida is doing better and they don't have any quarantines. They don't have any lockdowns. They don't have any mass mandates. In fact, it's uh, uh, stores cannot force it on people. You know, like it's against yeah. the law for schools to do it. And they're doing better. Yeah. Hmm, imagine that.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. Imagine that. You know what? I would love to go ahead and uh, shout out to Yankee in Florida. If you got some room on your floor for me, I might just have to uh, go over that border anyway and not come back. So, uh, yeah. You know, that'll be a fun time. Actually, Florida, land of the free. Florida, land of the free. Actually, that that reminds me. uh, Something else I just wanted to touch on quick. There was a congresswoman, I think from New Mexico, who Mm -hmm. during the height of everything going on this weekend with the police cracking down in Ottawa, issued a statement saying that she wants, uh, that she is going to introduce legislation uh, to allow persecuted Canadian protesters who are suffering under the hands of their government to come and seek political asylum in the United States. As, that's you know. awesome. And I'm like, yeah. first of all, that's fantastic. Like, I love it. That, that just kind of warms my heart to see. But also, who would yeah. have thought we get to the point where it's the United <laughs> States needing to reach out to Canada saying, mm-hmm. you know what? You're essentially a communist dictatorship right now. We are going to let the people who are being persecuted under Justin Trudeau and the liberal government to come and seek political asylum in the United States. I love it, and it's also sad to see at the same time. It's Incredible, time. but yep. oh, you expected
7: man. some, uh, you know, like uh, like Hong Kong or something, you know, yeah, China's yeah. prosecution exactly. persecution of the uh, the people there. But uh, not Canada. I mean, yeah. who would have thought that the the land that made TV shows like Due South, where the uh, the mm-hmm. cops are, you know, depicted as amazing, honest, hardworking people who are, you know, just great people. Would be, it would yeah. turn out to be the tyrants, you know? Like, yeah, what the hell? Exactly. It's just,
2: you know, and, and I mean, and that's true for so much. Like, something I loved about being around people from the convoy is there are so many of those people out there. It's just that yep. generally in Canada, there's just way too much trust in our institutions and in the government, just blind trust. It's too high. And, yeah, and, the, and again, and like they abuse are, it. Yeah, they abuse it. And people are also just blind to the fact that the media is at the whip of the government. It's just, you know,
7: yep. they just don't recognize it. Which is so. And they sad. criticize other countries for this, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, Russia does this, or Singapore does this, or, Japan does this, blah 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 blah." And it's like, "Well, Canada does it," and people yeah. just don't seem to know or care. It it's insane. like
2: it's like Trudeau. Uh, I think this was. Yeah, I think this was yesterday in his press conference about Russia Ukraine was saying, "Yeah, Canada is going to stand for democracy and stand up against authoritarianism." That's why we stand <laughs> with Ukraine. And I'm like, "Yeah." Oh man, that's mm, incredible! It's incredible to see. Yeah, defiantal yeah. right there. Uh, mm-hmm. so let's see here. More chats. Mik- Mikisa, Mik, Mikthisa, I keep, you know, however you want to pronounce that. If all the elites, including Trudeau and Klaus Schwab were arrested, then maybe all possible wars in all countries would stop. Convoy organizers can replace the elites. <laughs> well,
7: you know what? It's a pipe dream. But it's, piped, it's
2: nice. Let's let's see. You know, I, I've seen so many people going on. You know, like we just need to arrest them all. It's like,
7: well, I don't think they have committed any crimes. Yeah. but getting him out of power is to me enough. You yeah, know, I was say, I, like, that, that should be enough. Let's, let's, start, let's start. with resuming vote of no confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's the goal. Like, okay. let's not talk about war crimes and stuff yet. It's, it's not yeah, that that's that's next level. Yet. It's like, yeah, people always jump yeah. right to the
2: most extreme. It's like, come on, guys, let's
7: not, let's, let's take what we let's can. Let's calm here. down a little bit.
2: Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. More rats. Another from Trinic Canadian I see here. You should think about buying Glenn Beck's The Great Reset, Joe Biden, and the rise of 21st century fascism. I'm reading it, and it is fascinating. Well, hmm. that is wonderful, Trinic
7: Canadian. I, I, I mean, Glenn Beck's great. He's got some His great predictions stuff. predictions have been spot on. He talked yeah. about this stuff like 10 years ago. I mean, when Obama was in charge. Oh, yeah. and, Sure enough, it all happened. Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, and he's, he's always, yeah, he's
2: always been painted as the classic. Oh yeah, the one you know far right conspiracy theorist in the states yeah. spewing off on the radio about all whiteboard. this crazy
7: stuff. It's trying to explain things to people because yeah. it's very complicated. Yeah. If you actually watch it; it's like okay, it's pretty easy to follow. You know, yeah.
2: He yeah, just yeah, making exactly. it
7: easier for you to follow. Yeah,
2: yeah. Glenn is great. And actually, on the same note, you're talking like about it. how how who would have thought Canada would become the you know authoritarian dictatorship? Is yep. We did an event with Glenn. Uh, a few months ago and he was saying his backup plan was always well you know if if you know crap is the fan in the states we're just going to run away and escape to canada up north you know like, you know strong if you need to hide in a forest somewhere I'm like well that's funny so yeah. and uh we're going to be escaping to yeah. texas i think that's that's uh, we're gonna have to go join you so yeah yeah exactly no all right let's see here more chats from the people Going here from Fraser McBurney, Rumble Rant gives us $5. Not that you need any more projects, but can you make up a list of every person that has any affiliation with Klaus Schwab? Well, if we were to make that list, I think it would be a little little too big, a little long. Basically, (laughs) I, I think a good rule of thumb, if they're currently leading a federal government in any country odds are probably, yeah, connected. statistically yeah. they have some connections that's uh you can
7: check their website go to wf's <laughs> yeah. website they put them on there they're literally yeah, on there like, and they tell you who they are
2: yeah we were talking about this earlier they're not really hiding yeah. anything it's all yeah, right not plain it. sight. It's, it's, not it's not a all secret official documents yep. it's on the websites go read their mm-hmm. websites read their books you know you don't have to go turning to some backwater channels here to nope. figure stuff out it's all right there so
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> oh
2: man it's, it's nuts. Uh, yeah, it blows my mind so that's why I stop and think about it. And I look like wow, this is yeah. I'm I'm really looking at the official website here mm-hmm. of the World Economic Forum. I never thought, like, you know.
7: I never thought, you know, yeah, like one day I'd be on the same side as Alex Jones, you know. Like <laughs> Watching the guy growing you yeah. know, like in 2000s when his channel is like not really popular, but he was mm-hmm. like protesting against Bush, against the, uh, the, the, the New World Order and stuff like that. I thought, yeah. man, this guy's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. You know, he just goes to these events and he just is yelling at people. <laughs> and now it's like, eh, this guy's yeah. actually kind of right, you know? Yeah, well, that's the, the thing.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, And, and that's also because everyone also gets so partisan about all this stuff, too, where it's like, you yeah. know, they're, oh, well, I'm super, you know, pro-Bush and pro all of this, but then... You kind of start to flip on the other side, and it's like, well, look at all these mm. other left wingers doing this, and it's like, come on, yeah. guys, it's, they're like, no, oh, no, no. It's like, guys, it's it's not just straight left and right. Like this is yeah, it's not. This is, my, this my is beyond. The people. Great Reset
7: doesn't recognize yeah. politics. It doesn't recognize political boundaries and divisions. You know, yeah, it's it's exactly. beyond that. It's yeah, yeah,
2: like the real division. I, I always keep saying this. It really just comes down to it's the people versus the authoritarians <laughs> the ones who yep. want to control the people it's those who that's want right. to control and those who don't want to be controlled it's that's mm-hmm. the real division it doesn't matter where they actually fall in this political landscape they that's can right. yeah can go it on all sides so my advice yep. to people is just keep your eyes open look at what they're actually doing and whether or not it's you know is it going to improve mm-hmm. freedom and liberty yep. and the uh ability for people to live their lives freely and actually you know succeed mm-hmm. or is it just going to crack down on them
7: yeah, look at that on. it's all professors on <laughs> yeah, that list. exactly yeah that's <laughs> it's a whole like wow other,
2: whole other tangent to go into is the uh the cancer oh God. of modern day academia yep. oh man yeah just Old go wf people yeah exactly
7: oh it's um, bad enough that they are teaching crt they're also pushing this stuff as well yeah exactly exactly there's it's all part a, of the
2: same thing part yeah, of the same thing it's yeah. all it's all there it's all connected,
7: it's all connected. yeah Yep. Wow, we sound like Alex Jones. It's all yeah, I know. It's
2: all, it's all connected. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a whiteboard behind me and uh, I'll, I'll whip out some markers and start drawing yeah. everything, show you the webs yeah. of conspiracy. Um, all right, another chat here from Do You Think. Who were the swastika flags flown by and why pro-Nazis or folks equating Nazi regime with Justin Trudeau's regime? Well,
7: clearly... It's a possibility, yeah. but... Yeah, I don't, it don't we don't know. Yeah. We all As we in, know is that the they don't represent, you know, the the convoy at all. Mm-hmm. And if any of them thought, oh, it's a good idea to carry a swastika to you know, equate it to, to Justin Trudeau, well, don't do that. Yeah. At least it looks really bad. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> like, yeah, that's the bottom line. It's like what we do know is that there were these people there. They were flying the flags and they were clearly yep. not associated anyway with the convoy. And, and they would not
7: want it there at all. Yeah. yeah
2: people don't want, didn't want it there. And it seems pretty clear they're trying to make the convoy look bad. That's my take anyway. Yep. But yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, we got a few more rants here from Bokhan Seven. Thank you for doing what's right. Well, hey, thank you. Doing our jobs. You're so well, you. <laughs> doing our jobs, and yeah, that's uh, you know good advice for anyone. Do what's right. Mm-hmm. Follow what's your heart. Right. Follow yeah. your conscience. <laughs>
7: mm-hmm.
2: Don't do what have you know a wrong. Yeah, have a conscience. Have I a mean, conscience. That's the first step. A lot of people step.
7: don't. A lot of people yeah. have no sense of ethics or morality. Well, we you got to have one. Yeah. If without that moral compass, that moral direction then what the hell are you doing? You know, yeah. seriously.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, you know Take that to heart. Take that one to the bank. Georgie sure. Georgie, just testing my card, guys. We got Batman and Gamer Dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Another, uh, <laughs> another Christian Bale reference. Yeah, I yeah. see a lot of people keep saying I'm, uh, I've got the Christian Bale vibes. First and mm-hmm. foremost among them is my younger sister, who repeatedly, especially when my hair was longer, because I, I like, cut my hair right down recently, right? So yeah. I did have the long flowing locks, especially every time I stepped out of the shower, I had my hair slicked back. And she's like, yeah. Christian Bale, like walking <laughs> right out like uh, uh, Bruce Wayne right now. Absolutely. I'm like, eh, you know what? Nice. Sure, I'll take yeah. it. I'll take it.
7: Yeah. The fire rises. Yeah. In mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Oh, man. All right, another uh, from Trinity Canadian. I believe this is our final one. Uh, Ian, what is your view on BlackRock? I read that they are heavily involved in the administration. Ian?
7: Right. So they're buying up all this property in the United States and they're basically driving up the price of rent and driving up the price of well, property in general because they're buying it at, you know, 20 percent, 50 percent more than what the property is actually worth. And the goal of this, I believe, and I think they even stated this and they're working with the Chinese government as well, which is interesting. Mm. They're like the only uh, asset management company uh, from the U.S. that is allowed to work in China without uh, Chinese supervision. That's interesting, Mm. right? Uh, make what yeah. you will of that but in the u.s i think the idea here is it's it's basically great reset oriented where you know they once said and, and they even have this on the twitter account you will own nothing and you will be happy right and the idea is that we will live in a, in a society where the majority of people on the planet will not own property will not own houses but will rather rent it from a place like blackrock that's mm-hmm. the idea yeah.
2: Yeah, which seems I hate it. it's, yeah, it's good so because it's so clearly just like communist in terms of like okay, you will not it own is. property. Like property is the very tenet like the original American yep. motto, life, liberty and pursuit of happiness which uh, was originally life, liberty, property. And like that was that's yeah. the basis right. of you know, western civilization that's is the, the ownership that's of the property. That's the
7: American dream. That is the American yeah. dream. And so It means it- Owning property means that you have a say in what happens in government because, mm-hmm. you know, in America, you used to have to own property in order to vote. And I believe that it should still go back to that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like that. But yeah, yeah. But, it's fair. You know, I don't think homeless people should be able to vote, you know, because they don't really, they're not contributing anything to society. But that's a completely different argument. Um, point yeah. is that owning property is necessary for any human, I think, you know, any person. Yeah. To be able to say, hey, this is my place on earth. This is, you know, I made my mark. This is what I own. Right. Yeah. Owning property is that. Exactly. It's I mean, a good thing.
2: Yeah. And it's always, again, like it's just so clearly communist in terms of like, well, you own nothing. The government owns everything. It's like, yep. well, or in this State case, a well, well, corporation owns everything. Well, it's like, okay, corporation yep. with the government and that's getting into just yep. fascism then. It, the, uh,
7: it is. It's it, public, yeah. private. Cooperation, whatever the hell they want to call it, it's basically yeah. fascism. Yeah. yeah,
2: exactly. It's like we're at a point now where fascism, communism, they're just merging into, okay, you know, yep. you got people who a are controlling. it. You get the people mm-hmm. who
7: own nothing, but they're so, so happy. So, oh, yeah. Uh, like Klaus Karl- Schwab calls it the, the fourth uh, industrial revolution. Yeah. He foresees a world in which, you know, people don't own anything. Obviously, he'll own plenty, you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs>
2: and I mean, look at the time now. That is our show for today. Oh, one more, one more chat. My bad. From Fraser McBurney, the RCMP were in the hotel that showed the Nazi flag. It was them. Well, I mean, Probably like we don't said, know for sure. Yeah, like we said, there absolutely we were speculate. RCMP at the hotel, and that was the hotel where yep. the flag was flown. But I'm also not sure. Like, I don't know if there even were RCMP staying at that hotel at that at time. The same time. At that because time, because yeah. the RCMP didn't right. so we call sure. until later. So, correct. I, I would yeah. be
7: doubtful of that. But hey. Mm-hmm. Again, never we know. don't know. <laughs> so Yep. Be nice exactly. if uh, some journalists could actually do their jobs and you know, try to find who those people were. Yeah. And interview exactly. them.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a common theme uh, throughout today is like, mm-hmm. hey, journalists out there, do some real journalism. That's that's what we'd love to see. Yep. But yeah, like that's I was message. saying. Our hour is up. It's been a pleasure, you know, actually talking to you uh, in person. Well, not yeah. in person, but, you know, face-to-face virtually you know, over the, once. Zoom. Know. Over Zoom. Yeah. Over this uh, wonderful technology in this dystopian world we're living. But <laughs> that's our show. Thanks so much for everyone who is tuning in. We will catch you next time. We do this every single weekday at noon E.T., which I guess is like 1 a.m. in Malaysia and wherever else in the world you're living. Noon E.T. Monday through Friday, we will next beyond tomorrow with, I think, David Menzies and Sheila Gunn Reed is the schedule there. So make sure you tune into that. And until next time, you know, keep fighting for freedom, push back against this great reset nonsense. And uh We'll catch you on the next show. Thanks, everyone. Do you feel like you're sounding the alarm for people that don't understand what the fuck is
4: going on?
3: So, here, I'll put it up for you here, yeah? So, there's the video. Yeah. I don't know if your camera can see that, but there's the video. There's him speaking about it. The G7 is launching a set of public policy principles for retail central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. Central bank digital currencies could be a digital version of money, a bit like a digital banknote that could be used alongside the. Right, so that's the guy who runs our economy in the UK. His name's the Chancellor of the Exchequer. And here is the article Bank of England tells ministers to intervene on digital currency programming. Yeah, and here's a quote from the article. This is in the Telegraph, the one he pulled up, okay. but it was behind a paywall, so I'll just read the quote. Digital cash could be programmed to ensure it is only spent on essentials or goods which an employer or government deems to be sensible. Holy shit. I'm gonna take it one step further for you, Joe, right? So the vaccine passport infrastructure is in place, but now we know that the vaccine doesn't stop infection or transmission, but the Checkpoint Charlie exists everywhere. They bring in digital banking, central banking, digital currencies. You have got a scenario now that you're checking in and out everywhere you go using vouchers that are programmed and you can only spend where you're told you can spend them. There's another word for that, man. That's called the Chinese social credit system. That's what it's called. And anyone who watches Black Mirror will know what I'm talking about. That's that TV show, right? Yeah. So what they are telling us, and when I say they, who's they? People in power. That's the head of our economy, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, second most powerful person other than the Prime Minister and maybe the Foreign Secretary in the UK, right? He's telling us, I just played it there for you. He's telling us that's what he, as the UK, the head of the G7, want to bring in for the G7. So a scenario where like in New York at the moment, because the, the passport infrastructure is in place, you bring in that digital currency and you've got this total control. And if I'm speaking to you the way I'm speaking now, and my employer or government, you heard that in the quote directly, yeah deems me as saying or doing something inappropriate, suddenly I can't actually pay to come here and speak to you anymore. My My digital currency won't even pay for the ticket because it will be known that I'm coming to speak to you. Sorry, your your vouchers don't allow you to purchase that ticket to go and speak to Joe. And-